Welcome to the Remote CEO Show. My name is De Niro Bartolini, AKA De Niro B. I'm an acclaimed business coach and my moonshot is to change the face of work and business forever. With each episode, we bring you some of the most inspiring and insightful interviews with six, seven, eight, and nine figure entrepreneurs to crack the code on how to build your remote empire and have fun while doing it. Thanks for stopping by and let's get started. What is going on, CEOs? Then you'll be here with another episode of the Remote CEO Show. Today we're here with Ryan Gonda Kosumo. Ryan is the founder of Sribu.com, an online freelance platform based in Indonesia. Ryan built this business in the past 12 years, has helped 30,000 plus clients find Indonesian digital talent, and he's also helping create a huge number of jobs in Indonesia. Today we'll talk about team building, SEO, and marketing. I'm super excited for this chat. Let's go. Ryan, welcome to the Remote CEO Show. How are you doing today? I'm good. How about you? I'm doing fantastic. I ask every single one of my guests to tell me what made them become an entrepreneur. So what is your story, Ryan? Uh, yeah, so I actually studied in U.S. last time. Uh, and I had come back uh, around 2008 due to the subprime mortgage. But during my uh, time uh, when I was studying U.S., I was quite fascinated with what uh, was going on down there. And it's completely different with what's going on here in Indonesia. I felt like uh, what we are uh, doing right now in in Indonesia is like 20 years behind U.S., you see. So at that time, I was uh, looking into some of the new innovations happening. And I was in L.A. last time. So I got a chance to, you know, talk with some of the entrepreneurs down there. And I see that crowdsourcing was quite happening during that time, around 2006 and seven. So I was like, uh, uh, look into it. And when I came back from US to Indonesia, I had a chance to, you know, be a professional. I, I was working in a company for a corporate companies for about four to five years and got a taste of, you know, what a corporate uh, lifestyle was and also, you know, manage a experience leading uh, some teams before I started the, the company, Sribu.com, in uh, 2011. So we have been around for uh, about 11 years and we focus on Indonesian market right now. And we had already uh, handled more than 30,000 uh, clients uh, locally and overseas. Uh, but what inspired me in the beginning to to start a business uh, or becoming entrepreneur is uh, my background was an electrical engineer. So I was uh, always that curious, curious guy about, you know, like innovation, finding things, the, building things from zero to something. And, uh, you know, it's like so excited if our product is being used by a lot of people. And I see that in Indonesia, it's uh, a lot of opportunities as well. And uh, it, it's still like early stage right now, but a lot of VCs are coming into the country right now. And we see that the 
IT, the technology trend is still is uh, picking up quite rapidly. So I think, uh, I believe the next five to 10 years will be a very important time uh, for this country as well. So overall, I think that is uh, the story, uh, a little bit about how I started it. That's fantastic. Ryan, there's a couple of takeaways there. The first one is that I've interviewed well over 200 entrepreneurs in my uh, podcast, uh, on my podcast, and one thing that I've noticed is that a lot of engineers have the entrepreneurial bug because building a business—it's almost like you're creating, you know, uh, like a system, right? It is, at the end of the day, a system. And so I find it very fascinating how electrical engineers and any really type of engineer has that mentality of how do I build this thing that then can run on its own in some way, right? Um, I wanted to ask you to take us back to 2011 when you were putting together your first team. Did you have an office or were you already planning on building something remotely? So at that time, yes, uh, we had a small office. It was, uh, by the way, I'm also, I, I was a, a solo founder as well. So when I started the company, it was only a two of us, myself and a customer service. And tell you the truth, Danira, I was like, uh, you know, jumping from a corporate world to an entrepreneurial life, it was an extremely uh, shocking experience. <laughs> <I think. laughs> you know, believe me, it's like the first, yeah, first six months, I was like uh, doubting myself, like uh, whether I was doing it, uh, you know, I made the right decision or not, you know. And there was a lot of times like uh, I almost gave up, right? But in the end, I think, uh, like you mentioned, that curiosity and I think the persistency uh, to to keep going on. And, you know, as an engineer, we always have been uh, taught during the school to to keep, you know, uh, haunting our critical thinking. You know, if you find a problem, there is always a solution to fix it, you know. Uh, and I think that just keeps on uh you know, instill within me to to keep going, you see. But the first two years, it was extremely hard. We raised a fund uh, in the, I, I think, a year after we built the product. And then within one and a half year, the fund was almost gone. But the, the team was pretty much, were, you know, a lot of the roller coaster ride. There was a, at one time, we were like at 15 people. And then the next mile, we were at six people only. So there is a lot of these, uh, yeah, uh, entrepreneurial life is definitely tough. But I, I could say that the first two years, it was a lot of uh, learning experience, uh, made a lot of stupid mistakes. But by the end of the day, I think what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. I really believe in that uh, statement, you see. Yes, yes, especially in business, especially in business. And I understand how some entrepreneurs may get scared about putting together a team. I've known actually many entrepreneurs putting together a team and then feeling like they had hired way too many people or just a job changed, right? From just working on operations and being, you know, the 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 end all be all for all tasks and and for all problems to actually becoming a CEO. It's a huge shift. Uh, how did you go through, you know, uh, the, the the process of, you know, having to cut your your um, your staff in half? Was it hard? Uh, how did you deal with it? Well, it was extremely hard. So uh, I think this is one of the difficulty being a solo 
uh, founder was that during that period, I was uh, doing my full-time job as an investor relation as well. And, you know, uh, uh, how to say, when you, do, when you did fundraising, pretty much you were so focused on that particular thing. And, you know, you kind of like let your second in comment to handle the operation part. And I, I was, I was, uh, I could say that uh, negligence. I, I thought like, you know, we, we, uh, I could just trust the, the person that I hired during that time. And eventually it turns out that, uh, he, he was pretty much a toxic, you see. So <laughs> I had to literally, you know, it was like, uh, evaluate the team again to see which one is, uh, still within my side or which one is has been you know it's like uh corrupted and then gotta let them go yeah uh you know it, it's always that pain right so I, I think one of the toughest part in dealing with that is that you know uh there is no way that in in building our company that we don't work need relate to people but in order to find out uh, how much you can trust them, it needs time. Yeah. But during that time, you know, the payroll keeps going, right? There is no way. It's a price that we have to pay, you know. Uh, that person will work for you, but you have to pay the salary. But at the same time, you will not know the quality of that person, the integrity of that person until you invest them in time. Yeah. So... I I felt that it was uh that I think building the team is definitely man building and managing the team is always the most the hardest thing for us entrepreneur, and I believe uh you know the 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 difficult takeaway the the I would say the most important takeaway was that I did not build a cult culture in the beginning, so it was kind of like uh, here and there, and I think I. I only started on the culture, I think, on the fifth or fourth year, if I'm not mistaken. Mm -hmm. So that was, I think, was a compass for us to to build uh, the kind of the kind of team, the kind of people that we wanted to hire. Not just the internal, as you know, that we, you know, the the company that we built, the Sribu.com, we are a marketplace for freelancer, mm -hmm. and we focus on the Indonesian market. Uh, go ahead, sorry. No, I'm listening. Yeah, go ahead. Ah, uh, okay. And I'm actually using the the culture, the values that we we built on the fourth year for the internal for our freelancer as well. So that's how we curate our freelancer. Uh, we we are not like a general marketplace uh, for freelancer, but we we uh we are quite selected. We are a curated marketplace, and I believe when dealing with people, we just want to find the people that have the same values with you. It's mm -hmm. so important in, you know, that one, uh, let's say we have like 100 people with the same values and you put in one person that has totally different value. It can just, you know, pretty much uh, toxicate the whole thing, you know. The whole team will just, you know, they got swayed, slowly crumble, you know. And it, it happened to us before and it was uh, extremely tough learning experience it was a uh, how to say uh, and time is something that you couldn't buy right so, so 
it, it was uh nowadays I, I was like you know now that I have uh, a couple of uh what do you call uh partners uh they become my co-founders we always you know, keep an eye on one another we always say that hey make sure that we find the right people we find the right team don't yeah. push if you feel that that person has the skills has the competence but do not have the attitude uh, that matches uh, the team that you want to build then don't force it you know yeah 100% 100% again i wanted to ask you a couple of follow up questions here because first off um for the listeners i just want to make sure that they put this into perspective you said you said you only focus on the indonesian market indonesia i believe is the fourth largest country in the world by population size i believe 270 something million people so you guys right. are a huge 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 opportunity to grow within the country first and then of course expand um another thing that i wanted to actually ask you is this <laughs> you talked about um something very interesting right now which was the fact that um you didn't have a co-founder originally and you were doing everything yourself um is import like for our listeners at home that are starting their first business um uh, is it important for them to have someone else or can they make it happen on their own if they have the right skills and the right mindset what do you think uh, if i could turn back the time i will never want to be a solo founder Trust me, Danilo. I, I was. I, was mm-hmm. I think if I look back in time, right, I was quite uh, crazy, you know, to start this company alone. It, it felt like, uh, you know, it, it it was like it was a very lonely experience. You, you know, you have to make decision. You could not just delegate it to your subordinate, and there was no one that you know you could share your pain your difficulty with you know if you share it to your team right what happened is that they they will uh, you know they they will see that you are not confident of your business you are not confident on what you're doing and it's so easy for them to resign right to find another place right Uh, although that your intention is that hey i'm just you know i i just need somebody to talk to i couldn't so there, there were so many times that I, was, I wanted to give up, but I just have to put in that, you know, it's like uh, still face, you know, just uh, think that as if uh, nothing is happening, although that the house is in fi- is on fire. <laughs> so, yeah, 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 yeah. Listen, I wanted to ask you something about your team. Um, You said that, you know, growing a team is hard, but and having so many people, it's hard at the very beginning, especially. But isn't exactly what you guys are standing for now by providing quality freelancers to entrepreneurs that are looking for those types of contracts instead of having to hire pricey, you know, employees that are going to be, quote unquote, stuck with the company for at least a few months. So how is your business in using freelancers to to build and scale businesses uh, different from hiring an employee and what are the pros of hiring a freelancer versus, you know, hiring someone or a designer, for example, in-house? And it, uh, that's a very good question. So uh, along the way, after like, you know, uh, 10 years doing the business, so I am, you know, get familiar with 
I meet with a lot of people, a lot of good freelancers, a lot of a, you know, a team that we we work together with, and I find out that, you know, working with freelancer, uh, what what I experience is that you have to be on point on the brief, uh, you, it, it's a bit difficult for them to you know. Uh, create something that is a strategy related conceptual related I think it's best if that you know you give them the brief and they focus on the production yeah and deliver the result you see because uh, if we expect a lot from a freelancer then eventually what will happen is a different expectation and miscommunication mm-hmm. and that happened a lot but of course, the client in it, uh, especially in in our market in the Indonesian market, is a, a a challenging one. That they they want our freelancer to do so many things, but they want it. Uh, they want the price to be as low as possible, which doesn't match, right? <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. So anyway, for freelancer, I'll just focus on the production side. But we still have the team internally that you know we work together. To, to focus on our strategy building the company uh, the, the conceptual the, the direction whatever the product roadmap so it, it's very selective uh, for example my my development team we have like 15 uh, people right now internally but at the same time we also use another 10 freelancer but their focus is mostly on uh, you know debugging uh, simple stuff, a simple task, you know, the front end development, things like that. But if it's something that goes deeper, then we'll definitely rely on our internal resources. Yeah, makes sense. And so if you were to really look at our audience, in this case, I wanted to make this as relevant as possible to our listeners at home uh, that are building a business. Um in your experience, if they want to go with a lean, you know, style of growing a business, when would it make sense for them to stop hiring freelancers and start looking for in-house staff members to do more of a role uh, position instead of just, you know, uh, a task-based one? Got it. Uh, in the beginning, uh... We as the CEO is not the executive officer, but it's definitely everything officer. So, so it's uh, in the beginning, we, yeah, we, we just have to plan everything out first, you know, because uh, what do you call it? the business just starting? There is no uh, income or uh, there is no profit coming in or even income coming in. So we just have to rely on our. Uh, brain critical thinking to to plan out everything but to execute what we have already planned in the form of brief we can use freelancer that's definitely and usually as uh, time goes by maybe three and six months down the road when we start to have you know clients coming in then we can start to hire one to two uh, uh, internal uh, team members in my opinion uh, but the most important part, and a lot of people actually tend to miss, is that we have to create the SOP, the yep. uh, procedure, you see. It's uh, well-documented because uh, we do not want to keep repeating the same thing uh, by verbally. And I see that a lot of 
a lot of uh, my friends, uh, the other CEOs that I meet, right? They they eventually got frustrated because they they have to keep repeating the same thing all over again. But yeah. it those can actually be uh be not the case, you see, and you know things like Zoom make it even easier, you see, because it's visualized, right? Mm -hmm. So I feel that along the way, uh, in my case, uh, building the internal team will come on later on after three, six months where we already get, let's say, uh, five, 10, 20 clients, you see. Uh, by the same time, we just have to look at our financial as well because, you know, hiring internal, that means it's a fixed cost, right? While using freelancers, variable costs. Yeah. So... I think that is another reference benchmark that we can use to to see uh, whether it's the right timing to do that or not. Yes, 100%. Um, another question that I wanted to ask you is about marketing um, and what has been working for you maybe in 2011 is different uh, from what could work right now in 2023. Uh, but I just was wondering... If someone right now wanted to, you know, get those five to 10 clients you were talking about, what is the easiest quote unquote route to take? Uh, would it be paid advertising? Would it be the affiliate? How have you been uh, getting clients in your case and what has been working for you? Yeah, I think I will, uh, uh, in my case, it's definitely the Indonesian market, right? So uh, in my case, uh, our main uh, marketing channel will definitely be SEO. So uh, we pretty much 10,000-ish keywords that we have already tapped into our SEO, especially the Indonesian keywords. That is our first uh, most uh, important channel. And secondly is, uh, uh, you believe it or not, but in Indonesia, it's uh, still a lot of, uh, you know, they still like to meet uh, in person through meetings, you see. Yeah. Uh, so we have our own outbound sales team as well. I know that it's not a marketing channel, but that is definitely one of the channel that is. Oh, you know, it is. Like, I guess like word of mouth marketing and getting in person and, and meeting in person is definitely something that I have uh, done in the past to get clients, uh, live events, for example, uh, meet and greets and everything else. Um, and, and it's definitely something that's, that's that's definitely going to be working. Now, if you're selling a small ticket item, uh, mm. maybe meeting in person can it's not scalable, but for consulting, for any other service based business, it can definitely be a huge a huge plus for sure. Um, and SEO as well. This is something that uh, a lot of entrepreneurs shy away from because they can't see results right away. As a former digital marketing agency owner, I remember my clients asking me to do ads just because they knew that if you would set up the ads correctly, you would start getting results within literally a few hours from when you pressed, you know, the play button, so to speak. Um, <laughs> whereas SEO takes time, takes effort, takes you know, I believe that you and I are actually on a podcast interview right now because of our SEO efforts. And and it takes time. It takes months and it takes sometimes even over a year. But like you said, it's just so valuable to, to be ranking for those high value keywords as much as possible in your market. Uh, it will pay dividends uh, in the long run, right? Correct.
totally agree totally agree i think it's a uh, you know with so many new tools coming in right but i still believe that the google seo is the one of the most important powerful you know with that intent uh what do you call the the stage you see of the of the customer yeah for sure and you know with chat gpt uh, coming along and all these new AI tools that kind of condense answers in a more digestible way for users. I've heard many people say that the good old SEO is going to go, quote unquote, out of style, right? Because you're like, well, now people can just go online and get an answer right away. But here's the thing. Um, ChatGPT has been using ways to track their own writing so that uh, the machine does not use its own text to 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 learn, right? And right. It means that it's only using actual user-generated content, human content. And so human content is still going to be king online. People are still going to be wanting to look at maps and wanting to go on your website, on my website, on that blog, on the other blog. Sure, if you're looking for a quick way of getting an answer, probably they're still going to go or they will go on ChatGPT or similar tools in the future, but blogging and SEO is still going to be there and it's still going to be strong for at least another decade. <laughs> I am 100% sure that that's the case. What do you think? I totally agree. Totally agree 100% with what you were saying. I, I think ChatGPT has its own goal, but at the same time, you know, blogging, uh, Google has always made it clear that it was created uh, to, you know, it, to create contents for the human, not for the engine, right? So I, I believe that uh, whatever that uh, has been planned before you know the 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 creation of the content uh, the blogging it's all going to you know uh, still exists so I, I believe that the uh, a lot of the perspective on how chat gpt will replace whatever that uh, was there before i don't think so i don't think so I think each of them has its own goal and I think they will complement well each other. Yes, absolutely. I think what's important to understand is that, uh, you know, getting clients um, through, you know, like getting clients through SEO is still going to be big because people, before they buy a product, before they, they look up anything, they want to compare, they want to see, you know, what you've written on your website, they will learn from you. People are not just going to buy whatever chat GPT is going to tell them to buy. They still want to do some research. They still want to compare. They still want to go on your website, my website, and then make an educated choice. And so regardless, creating content, building those relationships online to get those backlinks and being able to to really serve your audience before they become clients is not going to change because that's based on timeless psychological principles that all human beings live by. As a matter of fact, you know, Google works well everywhere in the world. It doesn't matter what culture you're in. It doesn't matter what language you speak. People are human beings and human beings act accordingly uh, to, you know, according to their uh, to their psychology and and that's what Google has been very good at doing in the past you know decades to to really represent the psychology of of humans and and give them exactly what they want like you said to create content for humans and not for the machine um 
Ryan, I wanted to ask you another question about uh, your business. Is there something you want to share with our audience that you're excited about? Sure. Uh, you know, when we started 3 boocom in 2011, uh, we wanted to, the, the, the goal was to create more employment in Indonesia, you see. So through our, uh, the freelancers that registered as they get more jobs, we just believe that in the future, that the future of work is actually remote working. And, you know, it's like uh, talking about, uh, I went through a lot of your uh, podcast videos as well, De Niro, and I'm actually very glad that you host a podcast like this because I think we both have the same, uh, you know, thinking. Yeah. And, uh, in our business as well, that we want to focus on high-skilled workers because, uh, you know, you only need laptops, you know, to, to work and deliver the, the, the results. So yeah. for all the listeners to that, you know, if you happen to want to start a business in Indonesia and to start building the team, that you can go to our website, uh, www.3book sribu.com to find the freelancers. We focus only on five categories, graphic design and branding and uh, web and programmers. Yep. Uh, so we, we have a lot of uh, talented curated programmers as well, writers and then video and photographers and lastly, digital marketers. Yes. So yeah, we only want to focus on those five categories only. That's fantastic, which you, you know tend to be also the, the, the types of categories, except photography, which, of course, if you are actually in person, you need to be there to take the photo. But everything else can definitely be uh, done in a remote fashion and uh, without, of course, compromising the quality of the work. And sometimes actually, you know, this I'm talking about experience that my team members are across 15 different time zones when people can work in their own environment where they feel comfortable without having to travel and, and you know, spend money and time in, in, in these like stressful uh, commutes, they actually produce better work and faster even. Um, one thing that I have to say is that to build a remote business, and I say this almost every episode, to build a remote business that's successful and to have a successful team, you need to pick the right people that are self-starters because remote workers, more than any other types of workers, they need to be self-starters because, you know, you don't have your your manager right behind you, right? <laughs> so right. you trust the right person, like you need to hire the right person. You need to trust that that's the right person's going to do the job. And then once you have that person, everything else will fall into place. Ryan, I wanted to ask you, um, where can people find you online? I'm sure that uh, my listeners will want to know more about you. Yeah, so you can find me in uh, link through LinkedIn. Uh, my ID is uh, ryan.gondokusumo. Or through Instagram, uh, Instagram is uh, Ryan G O N D A D O K U, Ryan Gondoku. Uh, I also write uh, in my blog as well, uh, blog.stribu.com. Perfect. Uh, thank you, Ryan. Thank you so much for being the Remote CEO Show. I'm looking forward to having you back in the future when you possibly expand outside of Indonesia. In the meantime, enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you. You too. And this is it for today, CEOs. Thanks for staying with us until the end. Can I ask you a big favor? 
can you please leave a review? I know the podcast app is not super straightforward. So if you don't know how to leave a review, just DM me on Instagram at denierob. D-E-N-I-E-R-O-B. And I will send you the direct link to the review section. And to show you my appreciation, I will answer any business question you ask me during that conversation. So thank you again. And I will talk to you again soon.